Alright everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Hey, guess what? We're back we're back from all the sci-fi stuff. It's time for more dragons. <laughs> uh you know, it's just not me if I'm not I'm not reading a book at least once a month that has a dragon in it. Preferably once a week, but we can't always have that, so we do what we can and ration our dragons, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I'm still working in the Dragon Library. I kind of like rage quit at one point because I'm not, you know, I just kind of got a little tired of it. Uh, but I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. I decided to read Sinister Magic instead. Um, the Dragon, the Dragon, the Dragon Librarian is just a really long book. So Sinister Magic is on the table for now because it was shorter and it will be finished in like one good sitting. Uh, so yeah. Let's get to this. So, Sinister Magic is urban fantasy, and this is like textbook urban fantasy. Doesn't do a lot of things unique at the moment. Uh, it is the first book in a series, maybe the other books get more creative, I wouldn't know. But by urban fantasy standards, it's pretty standard. Uh, although it is interesting in the way it presents that world. The world and the magic system itself is pretty standard, but the um, actual implementation is a bit unique. So, we are following a half-elf, half-human uh, contractor, let's say. So, the main gimmick of the book is that we follow Val. She is a 40-year-old, half-elf, half-human, so even though, she, again, she's in her 40s, she looks more like she's in her 20s, because elven blood will do that to you. Um, and she's in living in a world where magic is kind of soft-hidden. It's not like there's a filter or anything like that. Like, people can see magical creatures, there are illusions some people use to carry around magical weapons in public, that kind of stuff. But they're not really hidden in the same way. Like, there seems to be a very wide amount of people who know that magic exists. The government's official position is they deny it. They try and make sure that news people don't cover it. When news people do cover it, they kind of get labeled as conspiracy theorists. But they, you know, it exists. Like, it's very, like, like you don't have to dig too far in this world to prove that magic exists. Most people just don't dig for it. Uh, it's one of those things where if you want to prove, you could very easily present it. But the government's official position is it doesn't exist, uh, even though we have this official paid group of people who specifically go hunt down magic. Um, one of the main reasons it's hidden is because a few uh, about you know forty years ago, a little while after Val was born, um, or a little while before she was born, or something like that, around the around that time. Uh, <laughs> She, all the elves and dwarves, the last of the major magical races, decided to make a exodus from Earth because, as one of the last realms, it was just gotten too overpopulated with humans and they didn't have enough land of their own. So they headed back into the other realms, which are mostly ruled by the dragons, a very powerful magical race who enforce their laws upon all the quote unquote lesser races. They don't really come to Earth that often though, because they think of it as a backwater plane that nothing good happens, and they keep mostly to themselves. That all changes when Val, uh, going to hunt down a wyvern, is confronted with a dragon who has decided to, who has been ordered to come here and retrieve various prisoners, aka immigrants fleeing from the dragon's brutal authoritarian um, regime that doesn't kill them but brings them in for rehabilitation. That's apparently so scary that a wyvern was was happier with Val killing it. So you know, probably not good. Uh, I do kind of like the way they have the dragon posed. Like, there's very, like, hierarchical nobility, and they think that their laws are above all other, you know, lesser laws. Uh, it's an interesting position to put them in. I like it. 
Uh, as for the rest, it's kind of this, you know, she, Val works, Val was a, you know, soldier, but when the government realized she was half Elden, they decided to put her in the special unit, and eventually she got set up as a contractor to work with the government. She doesn't get paid much, most of her pay gets put towards weapons, it's a constant thing in the, um, series about how, you know, she's barely scraping by, her insurance policy won't cover a truck that got flipped over by a dragon, because, you know, she mentioned it was a dragon, which she should have said tornado or something. Uh, <laughs> She constantly banging her head for letting that slip out because she was tired. <laughs> and, you know, it's the urban fantasy problem. It's the urban fantasy thing. It's, it balances insane fights with vampires and dragons and wyverns and elves with uh, the more mundane problems of insurance agencies and getting your pay and, oh, this other guy doesn't doesn't really think that she and her boss are doing things properly by the books and now they're going to be a big investigation on them. Oh, look, he might be being... Uh, look... Things might be on that bubble with him, but he's going to make it look like an up with her. She might have to go on the run. You know, that kind of thing. It's all very interesting. Um, the world she presents is definitely one I would be happy to explore more. Quite frankly, I don't think we get enough urban fantasy. Uh, I know it might seem like everything is urban fantasy nowadays, like, but I really like urban fantasy. Like, So, my favorite book, for those of you who don't know, is Aragon. I love high fantasy. I love old fantasy. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I know a lot of people will say that and validate my opinion, but, uh, I just never got hooked on them the way a lot of other people did. They just never caught my eye. I'm a bit more for flashy magic, and I find that urban fantasy is more willing to give that to me a lot of the time. Uh, it's funny, because, you know, the whole thing with urban fantasy is a lot of times the magic's hidden, but, uh, they're willing to go flashy when they want to. Anyway. Um, I'm into other things. I read the Del Contoro Quest series when I was younger. Uh, but when I was younger, I got hooked on Rick Riordan's, uh, Percy Jackson series. And ever since then, I have just been, like, seeking out urban fantasy. Read the Merlin series. It was alright. Uh, read the Nice Dragons Finish Last. OMG, I'm all over this. So urban fantasy has a special place in my heart. And I think Sinister Magic does a really good job of it. The, uh, magical weaponry she uses is hinted at more. Oh, she has a, oh, this is a fun fact. She has a familiar from a charm she got from, like, a zombie she killed a long while back. And, uh, it summons a magic tiger from an alternate reality who's bound through a contract to that amulet. And he acts as basically her familiar slash muscle. And he constantly is having, like, mental conversations with her, this whole thing. Uh, and is always like, if you let them pet me one more time, I'm going to bite their hand off. Until they meet this other guy, and she's like, he's like, Oh, he's respectful, and he pets me just the right way. Yes, I can keep him. We can keep him, right? <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. I love him. Sindari is the best. Uh, easily the best thing the series has given us is Sindari. Absolutely love it. Amazing cat. 10 out of 10 would recommend cat. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Meet... The series kicks off after the main events with uh, her boss having been... Oh, okay. So, spoilers from here on out. Uh, the basic premise is good. I, But, you know, before before spoilers. I think that the series is pretty... The series looks interesting. I might try reading the other books when I have time. We'll see. Don't get your hopes up. Uh, I also want to do some other urban fantasy reviews, so we'll see about that as well. And uh, in addition to that... Writing is pretty good. It's not amazing. It doesn't blow me out of the water. I like Val. She's fun. Um, I would definitely like to see more of her, especially more of Sindari, because, you know, package deal right there. The dragon, um, 
Zavrid. 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 Uh, he's interesting. I would, in, I'm interested to see more about him because he's kind of an a-hole, like, especially with one thing he does in the book, which is particularly cruel, uh, and has a lot of creepy overtones to it. But at the same time, he does seem to have, like, some actual legitimate, like, interests in Earth. And despite calling it a backwater planet, planet, like, he's constantly doing stuff around here. I would like to see more about the dragons and their whole society. Yeah, I know. No, no duh. The guy whose channel, uh, whose podcast is named The Dragon Library wants to know more about what the dragons are doing. But, uh, yeah, I do want to know more about that. Especially this whole, you know, empire they apparently have going. We learned a few minor details to them, but, uh, I am sure to see him some, see him come back. Uh, I hope Val decks him several times because he is a desperate need of a few pounds to the head to get him to stop being so, such a smug a-hole. Um, but he's also so overpowered that I get where he's coming from. He just definitely needs somebody to smack him a few times. Seriously. Ugh. Anyway, that's basically my thoughts on it. I give this probably a 7 out of 10. Check it out if you're into urban fantasy. Well, more like a 6.5. Check it out if you're into urban fantasy. It's not anything mind-blowing. But it's definitely got its charm. It has a unique world. It has a definite, it seems to have a plan for where it's going. And the characters in particular are a lot of fun. So if you're into urban fantasy, if you like that particular genre, this is definitely something you should be on your radar. All right. Now, uh, two minutes later, let's finally get into the spoilers again. For full, for real this time. I swear. So in the, um, in the book, after she has her whole thing with the wyvern, finds out about the dragon, gets her car wrecked, she goes back to find out that someone else is meeting her for the drop-off, for, you know, get to get paid, get her next contract, that kind of things. And red flags start coming out immediately. There's this little Weedily guy who's constantly, you know, talking down to her. She finds out that her boss, this mate, this general she usually goes through, is sick with cancer that appeared almost out of nowhere. Almost like it was magic. Ooh. Uh, and... The other guy says they're both being investigated for potential finance skimming. He seems really shady, like he's doing something, you know, not on the up and up of himself, and constantly talking down to her and, you know, acting like he doesn't even realize magic exists. Even though he probably realizes it exists, he's just trying to be an a-hole. Like, he has that mood to him in the way that she's writing him, where it's like, oh, I'm sure you do your job. But he also seems to understand that magic is real, he's just being an a-hole about it. <laughs> Like, he asked her, why didn't you bring proof? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I stopped bringing the severed heads of wyverns to coffee shops after the first time. My boss really likes this place. <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, the, I always love Val's comebacks. Even when she's like, like ah, I probably should have said that. But like, I'm like, you know what? I like that you said that. <laughs> uh, little comments like that definitely make Urban Fantasy fun. Uh... <laughs> And so she has to go figure out, uh, you know, obviously someone poisoned her boss with some kind of magic elixir. She has to find out what it was, who did it, what's happening, and how to fix it. All while the government slowly begins hunting her because, you know, this other guy's point, point, painting her the fugitive with this bogus investigation. Um, the general's kind of interesting. She's like, you know, one of those tough military, you know, military types. I'm in my bed, but I don't think that makes me weak, that kind of thing. Um... This all takes place in Seattle, apparently. I've never been there. So I can't really say much on its depiction of Seattle's place, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, one of the things I did really like about this book, it's one of the things I like about urban fantasy in general, is the 
juxtaposition of the mundane and the supernatural is that the entire time she's trying to get her car fixed because it's like, I can't do all this without a freaking car. So she actually jacks the car, takes the car of the guy who's been, you know, needling her about the investigation. Uh, it's part of the reason they start trying to arrest her. But at the same time, I get where she's coming from because this other guy refused to, like, validate her stuff just because she's being investigated. It's like, my car got wrecked by a dragon. Sure it did. <laughs> and Brian's like, I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? Uh, and her insurance co- company is not going to pay for it because, you know, insurance companies are just the worst. all Consistently the worst. Uh, so she's having to deal with that on top of, you know, her boss possibly being murdered, her being framed for something she didn't do, uh, and a dragon constantly showing up at every place she goes to to find more answers to arrest somebody. Literally everywhere she goes. Which gives me the impression that he's following her. And we later find out that he seems to have an interest in a sword she's carrying, which he says she stole. He says she stole, and she actually got it from one of her marks. Uh, so they probably stole it from a dragon or from someone a dragon knew, and he says way too powerful for her. Uh, he also tries to compel her with an illusion charm to make her want to serve her, which is one of the icky things he does that I hope he gets punched for in the next book. Multiple times, preferably, because that's, you know, huge violation. Um... But she's got mental resistance charms, and even though it almost makes her, even though the enchantment almost makes her kill herself at one point, she manages to keep her ha- a handle on it. Um, it turns out the dark elves—they're uh, elves that can literally not even sustain themselves in even the smallest amounts of light. Like a vampire can come out during, like you know, at night when the moon is full and stuff like that. Dark elves can't even do like moonlight. They're like they will die. They live like deep, deep underground. Um, they're planning something. I've been doing some ritual sacrifices. The dragon's after a few of them, so that's why he does the enchantment, because he wants them to get back, her to get back, kill, uh, to capture the two, two ones he's after. Not the one she's after, two different ones. And, uh, take, make sure to retrieve the artifact they're after, they have. And the compulsion to grab that artifact almost makes her kill herself at one point by running straight into a horde to go grab it. So, you know, you're an asshole, Zav. Zav. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's fun book. I would say it's pretty interesting. Uh, we also get to meet her mom at one point, and we go to this magical community. There's this big push towards like the fact that a lot of magical creatures are running away to Earth because it's one of the few places the dragons don't like seek to assert their authority. And at one point, she and because she's the you know government's go to hunt down the people who have been murdering people, she's gained a reputation amongst the magical community as basically an assassin, like a dangerous, unstable murderer. But she makes it very clear: I only go after people who are worth it. And she even actually has this whole thing about well, nowadays anyway, because back when she was in the military unit, um, she just had to go after anyone. And she later learned that some of them weren't on the up and up. As a result, she makes sure that all of her cases nowadays have been thoroughly researched by her before she agrees to the contact. That way she knows that who she's going after is someone who deserves death. She only goes after people that are irrefutable evidence that they actually committed some horrible crime like murder or assault or anything like that. And they get the justice they are due. She does kidnap on occasion, but murdering the ones that are too far gone for the military to deal with on their own. Like, the wyvern she was after originally slaughtered and ate a bunch of children. Like, that's her line. She doesn't go back from it. Which is interesting. I like that I like that she's not just like this random hit woman. She has a conscience, and the reason she does this is because 
even if she stopped doing it, which it's destroyed her social life, it's caused her to leave her husband and her daughter behind, it's strained her relationship with her mother because she can't be around any of them, because the entire magical community wants her dead, and it's and she even mentions it's already gotten someone else she cared about killed. So, she lives alone, she's basically broke, her connections are just gone because she can't be around them without fearing for their lives, and the entire community she works in basically hates her for doing her job at the military. Which, you know... Sucks. But she does it because she's the only one capable of doing things like this. She's one of the few people with a solid magical bloodline that has both the skills, knowledge, and training to do what she does. So she does it anyway. She even mentioned, even if the government cut me off, I'd probably still find time to do this in between getting another job. Because I can't stand by and watch people dying when I have the ability to stop it. And you know what? I like that she, she doesn't just do this as a job. She genuinely thinks that she's making a difference. And... She admits that her old, old profession of doing this wasn't always the right way and that she needed to be more thorough when she started doing it on her own. Unfortunately, just due to the fact that she doesn't, you know, ever explain this to anyone, like, there's, you know, when you're an assassin, people don't often let you sit down and tell them, by the way, all the people I assassinated were child murderers, uh, or, you know, equally bad, you know, zombie lords trying to take over an entire state or whatever. They don't want to hear that, they just hear, oh my god, did you hear... The uh, Slayer of the Magical killed another one. Uh, she has, like, a bunch of titles and stuff like that they're constantly bringing up. And she's always like, oh, I haven't heard that one yet. And then, even when she doesn't want to fight, like, when a group of werewolves attack her and her mom and they're trying to get to this magical settlement, the were- she even tells the werewolves, look, we're just trying to get there. If you want, we'll just leave. And no, 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 if we kill you, we'll get respect. Uh, they're even willing to defy a dragon and try and kill her, which, you know, was a big deal. At one point when Zav shows up and tries to kidnap their leader. Um, so she doesn't have a really good relationship with the magical community. In fact, when they get to the community, her mom's been visiting for years, because, you know, she fell in love with an elf, obviously. She knows where the magical is around her. Um, while she's looking for answers, the entire area is like, you didn't tell us you were her mother. Uh, and the mom, because, again, she hasn't been around that often, she's very confused why her daughter doesn't visit more, and why she left her ex-husband and her daughter, uh, is like, you... You know, I'm starting to get a feeling for why you don't come around much anymore. And I'm sorry for the way, you know, she's like, sorry. She's like, you know, she was constantly like, you really should visit more. Really visit me. Why don't you just reunite with your daughter? It's like, oh, you don't reunite with them because you don't want your daughter to end up dying on the street like your old friend did. Okay, that makes sense. That's fair. Uh, and you get the sense that this really hurts Val. Like, she does constantly feel alone. In fact, at the beginning of the series, she's developed asthma. Uh, from the stress. She's having breathing problems. She has to have an inhaler. She's constantly trying to force herself not to bring it out in front of the monsters because she can't afford to show weakness. And she's even been recommended a therapist. Like, she's seeing a therapist because this is not a job that's conducive to a healthy lifestyle. And so she has to... And I'm guessing in the later books she'll try and branch out. She's made a bit more friends with Dimitri, a man who was helping her... What was, uh, you know, living around with her mother. Um, and... You know, stuff like that. Um, and you know what? I think that uh, that's going to be the main thing. Is she's going to have to learn to balance her life out. She can't just keep doing this until she dies. She's killing herself slowly. She's, you know, constantly broke. Constantly filing insurance claims because magic creatures destroy your car. She's pushed away. She's had to push away everyone she knows because in order to keep them safe. And now she's developing psychological problems and physically... Me- Physical medical problems. Like, she can't keep doing this to herself. 
Um, but you know, she's got a hero complex, and so yeah, that's how it is. I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting premise about this, you know, badass action hero who has to deal with the modern modern day and has to deal with these psychological problems, has to deal with people just wanting to kill her for what she does. Um and I do think it's an interesting enough premise to bring a series around. So yeah. I would definitely recommend this. Like I said, it's a 6.5, maybe a 7 out of 10. Um, check it out if you're interested in urban fantasy. It's definitely a series to check out. Uh, you can find links to it in the description. I read, listened to the audiobook version. It has a really good, um, has a really good voiceover for that. If, if you want the physical book, there will be links to that in the description as well. So yeah. Thank you guys for coming around. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week. And you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.